All right, well, joining me here today is Sabukwe Shakur. Uh, we're actually in the studio together in Atlanta. He's an elder of the movement in many sorts, has his own radio show as well. It's been going on for several years. And uh, I really wanted to get him in here with me today just to talk about some of his own life experiences throughout activism and organizing, but as well as the black arts movement at large. Um, also want to thank you for being here with me today. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess we can go ahead and dive right in. Um, for the listeners who might not know, before you start kind of diving into the history, can you give a... Uh, just a brief description of what the black arts movement is and how you kind of how your involvement began okay yeah I, I should say you know the black arts movement of course uh, was something that uh, kind of grew out of the same period in which the black power movement uh, uh, came about uh, some people called the uh, in itself described itself as cultural nationalism uh, many people will credit uh, the black arts movement start uh, to, which is uh, kind of, uh, I guess, given a period of somewhere in the mid uh, '60s to about the mid '70s, were probably the height of the uh, black arts movement. And uh, again, uh, people like uh, Amir Baraka is given a lot of credit for helping to get it started or being kind of one of the centers of it. Uh, they had a at that time a, a theater, black theater in uh, Harlem that uh, was started around the, in the early '60s, and uh, that was one of the epicenters for it. You know, certainly a lot of uh, politics around that period uh, took place uh, in uh, between artists and and nationalism. Malcolm X's influence on people like Maya Angelou, uh, like uh, Abby Lincoln, you know, uh, people like Max Roach mm -hmm. uh, were all being uh, influenced by the movement and the struggles on the continent of Africa, and particularly, you know, uh, the, the struggle uh, around the death and, and, and murder of Patrice Lumumba, which... Uh, Push Abby Lincoln, Maya Angelou. Uh, I forget the other woman who was one of the main coordinators, but it was a women group of artists who actually led uh, a struggle to take over the UN, the United Nations. They ran and, and took it over uh, and protested the uh, U.S.'s involvement in uh, the uh, killing of Patrice Lumumba at wow. the time. So wow. the are the black arts movement is kind of uh you know it's it would be i guess to a certain similar impact and relationship that the uh Harlem Renaissance had you know the relationship of of artists going uh, coming on the scene and uh being influenced by Marcus Garvey uh the movement the pan african movement in general so this is kind of what was going on during that that period in the uh, black arts movement. Mm, I see. And I, I think it also has, what you just mentioned about Patrice Lumumba has a little bit of relevancy today at our time of recording um, because it is the anniversary today of his assassination. Right, right. And I, I should know that. And there are actually programs going on all around the nation. All around, definitely. Because I guess I've also uh, associated with the Friends of the Congo. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, a great organization. Uh, um, so... 
So you've somewhat described the black arts movement as beginning in this context of global black consciousness, right? Um, Inspired by the assassination of Patrice Lumumba, but as well as just kind of the rebirth of a global Pan-African movement that was taking place. Um, Where did your own involvement come in, or should I say your own interest at least? Yeah, I I think that one of the things is I, I, I can say consciously, uh, I came. I come in at the uh, uh, when I say consciously, where I knew what the uh, uh, what a black arts movement was, or what the the uh, a multifaceted uh, artist collective was about, was probably uh, around the late latter part of the seventies. So I actually come in at a conscious level, uh, probably uh, during really the latter part of the black arts uh, um, movement. And, and it's, it's actually a lot of the key artists uh, are especially out of the Midwest because I, I uh, am involved then consciously as one of the, in the leadership of a, the St. Louis Black Arts Alliance. And the St. Louis Black Arts Alliance grew, grow, I, I am one of, I help with uh, a, lo- a collective of artists who had already been uh, organizing as an ad hoc uh, group, mm. many of the uh, popular artists in the city uh, uh, in St. Louis had been organizing, but not, not had not formed a formal organization, uh, and so and uh, so that uh, I got involved in and was drafted to help, actually, uh, I guess you know form that that formal or organization. And became one of the, I was elected to be one of the officers. That was my first uh, formal understand our uh, involvement in the Black Arts Alliance. Uh, I mean the uh, Black Arts Movement, and we were Saint the St. Louis Black Arts Alliance was also part of the Midwest Black Arts Alliance. Uh, the Midwest Black Arts Alliance was the uh, of course part of the Black Arts Movement that was centered, just like it says, in the Midwest. So you had Chicago, Milwaukee artists, uh, St. Louis, uh, Detroit artists uh, working in a, in a, in a, in a collective uh, throughout there. But one of the things I want to say is that the black arts, by the time that I get involved in St. Louis, many of the uh, major artists have already moved to New York, some of the major jazz musicians. Uh, there used to be... Uh, one of the main organizations that preceded this, the St. Louis Black Arts Alliance was an organization called BAG, Black Artist Group. Black Artist Group, of course, had people like Hammett Blewett, Julius Hemphill, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Floyd LaFleur, uh, and of course, Shirley LaFleur was an active artist. You had, I mean, Poet, who was uh, well known. And in fact, uh, even Alice Lovelace, who was here in Atlanta, one of our most popular uh, poets, uh, was uh, living in St. Louis and was influenced by uh, the work of, uh, uh, what did I just say, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Shirley LaFleur, who's, you know, uh, one of the bedrock poets of the area. You had uh, Redmond uh, across the river because it was really that whole region. So mm-hmm. you're, you're seeing... Uh, these jazz musicians really brought in a whole new sound in New York. They changed the sound in New York. When they all, many of them came 
out of that St. Louis area. Many of the, and of course, at that, uh, of course, the whole Midwest art scene is inf- is influenced by Dunham, Catherine Dunham. Uh, Catherine Dunham uh, is come uh, is is one of the renowned uh, dance instructors who studied dance in Haiti and studied dance on the African continent and came back and created something is known as the Dunham Technique. Mm. Uh, she uh, taught on and uh, at, at uh, the Southern Illinois University system for a long, many years, and many people have uh, used her technique. Uh, again, she, she uh, choreographed for some of the early uh, movies, uh, like, uh, was it... Uh, I can't remember it's, I can't remember the exact uh, movie but she did a lot of that choreograph uh, and and, her, and she's also n- of course known for her political stances mm-hmm. her latest political stance of course was uh, before right before she passed in her uh, late ni- in her 90s she was uh, involved uh, on the struggle to get Aristide uh, John uh, Aristide, the president of Haiti, uh, when they, he was uh, overthrown the first time and was brought here, she led a campaign in her 90s to uh, try to get him returned. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I think that so this is the atmosphere that's uh, going on. Mm-hmm. And so I say formally I learned, uh, but I'll, I'll let you get your question in. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I was Please. just going to ask. So. Um, it seems that you've described several different artists working in, in various mediums. And was this a time when, say, painters and jazz artists and poets and, and writers and sculptors were all kind of coalescing and coming together in these collectives? Or was there some kind, or was it more distinctive? Oh, no, no. It was exactly what you just described. Of course, that's what, that's what we talk about bag. Uh, talk about the uh, the poets were some poets poets performed alone. Sometimes they performed with jazz artists. Mm-hmm, Dancers mm-hmm. performed alone, but again, sometimes they danced w- with uh, live jazz. Sometimes all of all three were going on, and sometimes the, the visual artists were uh, su- uh, doing painting right there and then mm-hmm. and there. Or a lot of the things took place in art galleries. When the uh, we uh, even at the St. L- when we were doing the St. Louis Black Arts Alliance, again it was a uh, a, a collective of, of all kinds of artists, visual artists, musical artists, dancers, poets, you name it. And many times when you know, when we did a uh, like uh, we used to do fundraisers, and and uh, this is before the lofts were taken over by the businessmen and the mm-hmm. and and taken turned into very expensive places, uh, you would have like three painters maybe get a, a floor of a warehouse and they would use that as their studio. Mm. And these were then they were made beautiful by their paintings. So many times they would allow us uh, right. a, as an organization to come up and we'd uh, host, the, you know, when we hosted something like the dancers and drummers mm-hmm. from the African dancers and drummers, uh, we would... Uh, uh, you know, we would have large, big parties in these beautiful right. uh, warehouse they would galleries, function as kind yeah, of communal spaces. Exactly, mm-hmm. and you know that would be the uh, uh, the uh, real the the uh, you know it would be the best scene that you ever want to see in mm-hmm. terms of uh, and and the you know, best music and you know best 
best parties you could ever <laughs> have. To, yeah. I can imagine, yeah, definitely. But I also wanted to, 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 to say, I said consciously in the, in, in the 19, you know, in the late, 19, late 1970s is when I got involved. But actually, the black arts movement certainly impacted me, impacted me much earlier. We got to understand that both the black power and the black uh, consciousness, uh, I mean, the black arts movement, uh, were impacting us when we were youth, but we didn't know it. Mm. Uh, uh, I remember I first started writing myself, writing poetry myself when I was, uh, after Martin Luther King was, was, was killed. It changed the way we did things uh, in, in, our, in our school. When, when I was younger, every year I went to a, a, Catholic, a little ga- Catholic high school, and you could see that it impacted this. It changed the, the way that uh, the cultural nationalist movement created the conditions for us no longer to want to see mm. the religion and, and given to us as whitewashed. Right. We, the uh, people inside of the, the, uh, the Catholic, uh, black people, I should say, African people, people of African descent, inside of the Catholic Church start demanding uh, that, uh, that their, their culture, their history, their contributions to it be known. So then we learn, uh, we start to learn about who St. Augustine is mm-hmm. the, as, an, as an African, uh, North African who makes uh, a very impact in terms of the scholarship of Christianity. We start to learn about uh, uh, St. Martin de Porres uh, and all of the African saints. So there was this new atmosphere. We were able to start having what we called Afro masses and we cre- uh, we were able to. Uh, there were uh, a, a monthly Afro mass held at one of the uh, North Side uh, churches, and we, the as students, we started to embrace that, and and that was so that the impact of the arts movement. Mm-hmm. By we used to do an, an annual talent show at the little Catholic school, and the eighth grade class was always responsible for doing this, for organizing it. And and when we, uh, uh, w- it had always been an Im- at that period, as you know, Motown was popular. Mm-hmm. So it was all it had always been a talent show about singers, you know, the popular entertainment industry. Right, right. In that time, by the time that we became eighth graders, we were so impacted by the Black Arts Movement that we changed the whole format. <laughs> we did poetry uh, by. Uh, by uh, you know by Amir Baraka, mm-hmm. uh, we 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 did plays about Medgar Evers. Mm-hmm. We did uh, we did uh, we sang as our ending song, "Heaven Help Us All" by <laughs> by uh, by uh, Stevie Wonder. So y'all took the talent show and flipped it upside down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, it was an, it was it was not about just entertainment. It was about art. It was impacted by, and we the the two. We, we, you got to remember that the, the, the one of the, uh, I should say, one of the forms that the black arts movement uh, took on was this whole black is beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So by the time when we, all of the uh, influence that had been out before, when we looked around us, we didn't see ourselves. And what we seen our, when we seen ourselves, we weren't, we, we, we weren't seeing ourselves in a positive light. But the Black is Beautiful movement helped us to see ourselves 
in a way that transformed us into uh, a loving our ourselves, our our our, our the way and a new expression mm. of afros and and you know uh, braids and and you know just natural hair cuts right. and, and all of these things impacted us so that when by having that impact i never really we never uh, as as a person it, it ne- i never felt ashamed or never uh thought the sisters in my community needed to have their hair straight or blonde or right. whatever <laughs> or the uh, uh, or that anybody uh, should have to had to look like uh, another group of people mm-hmm. to be beautiful. So this is how. So I, I just wanted to say that is that unconsciously the Black Arts Movement uh, had an influence on me even before I came mm-hmm. uh, uh, consciously involved in it at at uh, in the in the late seventies. I see. So it's it's almost like prior to your your conscious involvement, I guess with the black arts movement um, and really the black power movement as it, you know, reflected you, it was an unconscious kind of cultural revolution taking place in a sense throughout the schools you're organizing. Um, So around, so let me ask real quick, around the time of eighth grade, you have now, um, you know, y'all flipped the talent show upside down, as I said earlier, was there a moment where you then thought to yourself, and you meaning you and your peers as well, right, at that young age, were you seeing various protests going on and, you know, watching and, and viewing and reading articles about well, the Black Panthers or Afro-Cobra and these various collectives and groups? And yeah, and I, and I don't, and again, you know, these things were going on simultaneously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we also were, uh, you know, challenging the political scene altogether. On the on the at the school, you know, uh, I remember one of the experiences I, I had is that we were asked to uh, uh, to uh, in our English class to do uh, you know part of it was doing an oratory or you know the, the part doing an expression uh, some kind of uh, speech. Mm-hmm. So uh, what we did, uh, I I did a Black Power speech. You know, I imitated the, what I had. Learn from uh, the the call for Black Power. So we 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 did uh, a speech. We did panels to talk about the role of youth in terms of uh, uh, what we thought uh, we and we talked about the whole question of of, of violence versus nonviolence. We talked about uh, you know we saw in our neighborhoods sometimes violence was used and violence uh, of uh was used in in a you know in a non-constructive way let me put it like that right. and we talked about you know if we're going to use violence we should be using violence to advance our people mm-hmm. and, and, you know and, and and if you know so we we didn't necessarily uh agree uh with Martin Luther King's uh principle of nonviolence we more saw violence and nonviolence as a tactic we certainly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. were were uh uh, but we're young and, and certainly were not able to articulate it as, as well <laughs> as we did later, but right. we certainly <laughs> were talking about it. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, we were making, uh, you know, those, those kinds of uh, linkages also. And actually, after high school, I mean, after uh, grade school, after I graduated, we, uh, I continued on. And uh, again, uh, 
with uh, I I became a part of a, a collective of uh, poets and drummers, and we were writing and playing poetry and and I guess imitating to the degree uh, to a little bit the last poets. We had been influenced by the last poets, mm-hmm. and uh, of course uh, folks like Nikki Giovanni was on on the campus. This is that and and then. So in, in my high school days, actually, we were going to the college campus, and uh, our group uh, were uh, poets, poets, and dan- uh, poets and drummers. Uh, we were performing, and you know, we performed in front of uh, Nikki Giovanni oh, wow. uh, on 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 uh, some of the campuses, and uh, we so we were you know we eventually of course developed into a, a band, but this. This period, of course, again, was influenced about what was going on in, around us mm-hmm. and both the political movement. Uh, we were going to, you know, after you did your performance or before you did the performance or during the week, you were probably going to some political activity. You were, we were uh, 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 marching with Dick Gregory uh, uh, against some of the same things we're marching against now in terms of the uh the overcrowding in the jails in St. Louis, uh, right. the treatment of prisoners in and and uh, St. Louis. So and uh, Percy Green, the uh, the uh, activist, was uh, doing things like uh, snatching the uh, the veil off the the veil the veil prophet. The veil prophet was a secret <laughs> society, a white supremacist secret society, and they had a march that at one time banned Africans from. African youth and African people from watching the the march, mm-hmm. and and uh, they unveiled the uh, they they jumped on there and unveiled the the, the secret prophet who <laughs> used to wear a veil like a hood like the uh, like uh, you know just like the KKK right, in a right. sense, uh, but it was a you know it was part of the uh, society. So w- we were witnessing and taking part in all these things. We were going to. Uh, what uh, our version of African Liberation Day that took place, it was called Afro, Afro Day in the Park, but it was basically, uh, spawn, again, all of these things were uh, also spawned by what was going on in Africa. So Africa was very, uh, imp- very displayed, like you talked about the, the, in, 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 the, uh, in the movement, in the, uh, what was going around it. So certainly uh, the politics of the time we were active in as well. It, it, it certainly influenced what we were doing artistically. And I think that a, a difference that I, I'm kind of picking up on is that in your uh, Black is Beautiful and kind of Afrocentricity movement that, that was blooming at this time, it was also very much so backed um, and sustained through study of the actual African continent and more so the struggles taking place contemporarily as well as the history. Am I correct? Well, I think that the you know again, I think that there uh, these things are, are feeding off of each other, and uh, and I, and I'll say that I was actually loosely studying or uh, reading a book here and there, maybe re- reading a book uh, like Wretched of the Earth or, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. or or something like that or something, but it was I had no disciplined study at that time. It was when I got into the conscious part of the. Uh, the uh, the black arts movement that I would actually meet people who had political conviction, political mm-hmm. ideologies, pro- who understood and helped to change my understanding of just you know because cultural nationalism 
can be a, a end in itself and and uh, and not a, pol- a full political consciousness right. that 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 understands beyond the art. It can become a trap within mm. the black arts movement. There were many strands of political ideology and consciousness, and I came to understand more than just Pan-Africanism being just Marcus Garvey, the name, mm-hmm. Back to Africa movement, aesthetic. aesthetic. Yeah. I came to learn about socialism and communism. There were socialists and communism and the uh, communists in the black arts movement. There were nationalists. There were, you know, people who self-identified themselves as Pan-Africanists. It was the leftists in the black arts movement who really challenged me because, you know, you're having political discussion and you're, you're talking and you're, you're, you're running your line and you're, you're young and you're, you know, you're emotional and you're uh, pushing in, you know. And, uh, it, uh, and then they, uh, those, those uh, left, those people who were in political parties or who had been in communist and socialist parties had read. They had read uh, in a disciplined manner and they were just armed. Right. And so I come to understand I wasn't. And then when uh, one <laughs> of my best mentors was somebody who had been in a communist party who was well read. And it, it, it pushed me. It pushed mm-hmm. me to read. It pushed me to, to discipline myself. And it made me start to look for a disciplined left organization. And that's how I was introduced by one of the members of the uh, All African People's Revolutionary Party to uh, Pan-Africanism. I had came to a point where I knew that I uh, understood that s- capitalism and capitalist imperialism was, was, uh, was our oppressor and, and that we had to have something that combated it. And I also came to understand the importance of identity and, 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 uh, and for, for African people and that we, had to, that we were uh, colonized on a nascent class basis on our that we were, so I knew we had to address that. That's why the All African People's Revolutionary Party appealed to me when, when I was uh, introduced to it by a sister named Safia. Uh, she was uh, a member at the time, and she took me to an orientation. But it was in the black arts movement, though, again, that you found these uh, more uh, uh, sufficient uh, ideological trends that, that were more than just uh, a reaction and more than just uh, because cultural expression can simply be just that and and that's why sometimes it comes in and it goes out that's why you can you know wearing a natural and wearing daishikis and uh, uh, you know even painting <laughs> nice pictures of, mm-hmm. Of, mm-hmm. of Africa and that kind of thing are, are limited Mm-hmm. And, and you'll see them come in style and go out of style. Right. You'll see them uh, move back and forth. It's only the people who become ideologically clear uh, going in a political, certain political direction that will con- sustain. You'll see their, their art may grow as they grow politically, right. as, they, as their consciousness grow, but it won't be a zigzag kind of, uh, well, it's in this minute, it's out this minute. Mm-hmm. We're wearing these kind of T-shirts today. We're not wearing those. These are cultural ex- expressions that are that are usually not backed by uh, a a a ideological, clear, uh, strate- uh, strategic uh, direction. Which is, I think that that's what, uh, of course, in the in a movement, in a movement unlike a uh, 
you know, a movement, the black arts movements, the civil rights movement, there are different trends. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. are left and right trends. Definitely. That's what a movement is. A movement is not one ideological direction. You know, people, that, you know, political parties, uh, organizations, uh, some of them have co- cohesion or uh, have a cohesive, I should say, cohesive uh, ideologies that take you, that are consistent. Mm-hmm. But movements, they come and go. And there's nothing wrong with movements because movements do help us move in, in a certain direction. But the black arts movement, of course, was uh, a diversion of, of different ideologies. Mm-hmm. And some people not yet conscious of whether or not, uh, are, are not committed, let me say, consciously mm-hmm. committed to any ideology. Because when you're there, usually when you're not at that point, you're reacting to what's around you at a particular point in time. And that's what makes it easy for you to be swayed one way or mm-hmm. the other. Right. Well, I would like for you to discuss that a little deeper because I know some of the, some of the, um, I guess, criticisms or critiques of the black arts movement I've heard are people, I've heard people flat out say it wasn't actually a movement. It was a moment of cultural excitement. I've heard it described. Um, but I've actually heard that the fact that it was so many differing and at times combating ideologies is what um, what made it, I guess, not last or its impact less effective, which I disagree with, but I would like to get your opinion on that. No, I, I disagree with that also. Of course, um, that, no. Movements, again, have uh, they carry uh, people's consciousness, even uh, is raised by movements. Uh, the questions of uh, the reason why we can look back at the black arts movement and use uh, and see some of the things that came out of it that change and impact and even spawn new movements. Mm-hmm. If we look at the, uh, you know, people, a lot of people talk about the uh, part of the uh, aspects, some aspects of the uh, bl- uh, black arts movement, of course, uh, there was a lot of machoism, a, a lot of uh, patriarchy within some of the movement, but certainly at the same time, you think about uh, Intisaki Shange, uh, I, I described the women who, uh, like uh, Abby Lincoln and uh, Maya Angelou, who certainly helped to move women uh, further. When we think about uh, For Color Girls Only, we think about uh, mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. of the things that were being written uh, by women, some of the uh, women who would uh, uh, be uh, involved in uh, like Tony K. Bombada, uh, Tony K. Bombada, who would uh, be involved in the Black Arts Movement, but but certainly would be uh, one of the people who considered one of the uh, modern, especially black so-called black feminism, a feminism that uh, spawned uh, you know the whole Af- uh, women's movement, uh, the what many call the bourgeois feminist <laughs> movement, the <laughs> movement uh, of women mm-hmm. who of a certain class was challenged by uh, women of, of African descent in, mm-hmm. the, in, a, in a black feminist m- movement, which was much more pushed uh, towards a, uh, what is it, intersectionality that, that mm-hmm. saw, not, uh, saw nation, class, and gender, right. and, and sexuality as part of the, the uh, of, of of struggles that they had, you know, so there is a, this this intersectionality that comes out. So these, so certainly the Black Arts Movement uh, 
and like I said, it influenced me. It took me. It 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 is na- this nationalism, this cultural nationalism, first made me uh, be able to love myself. Mm. To be able, it's like uh, it's like your family. It's like your family may not be totally uh, politically conscious, uh, but they they turn they do teach you how to love yourself. Right. I was, you know, and they and that's what I think this movement did it, it allowed uh it it gave us some expressions i could look and see africa and not be ashamed of it i could on on in paintings i could see african forms and and the types of contributions that africans could make to mm. the, to themselves i could go to a a a dance theater a harlem i could go to uh I, today you can see the uh influence on modern dance you could this is important because it allows people to see their contributions to the world. Uh, you know, it allows us to see that you are creative, that you can create. Look at them. I mean, who could say that uh, being around uh, uh, and, and uh, being around the kind of jazz musicians that created uh, the Chicago Arts Alliance? Uh, you know, I'm, I, I, I spoke about some of the artists that came out of that St. Louis scene. I mean, the Bowie brothers, mm-hmm. Lester and Joe Bowie, both came out of uh, Sumner High School in St. Louis. And the Chicago Art Ensemble took jazz to a performance art. You know, they dressed in African uh, uh, mask and and made sure that they uh, were making Africa important. And how important is that in terms of people's self-esteem? So I think the... The, and and, uh, and I said that, that yeah, there were many people. There were many uh, ideologies. There wasn't just one ideology that was driving the uh, black arts movement. So to say that, uh, that somehow it was simply those who were uh, ultra-nationalists or those who were nationalists who didn't come, who didn't understand class struggle or didn't understand other aspects of, of uh, political uh, oppressions didn't make that uh, uh, you know the, the movement was uh, is 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 as important as uh, certainly the uh, political movement at the time. In fact, it's it's impossible really for us to separate the two because mm-hmm. one, uh, you know, cultural, you know, and, and and at that time the writings of people like Amir Cabral in his book Return to the Source, he was clarifying for us that and. and writings of uh, Sekou Touré out of Guinea, uh, Conakry, when he was writing about culture and the dialectical approach to culture, he was explaining to us, both of them were explaining to us, that culture is the sum total, and this is Sekou Touré's words, uh, that uh, culture is the sum total of a people's experience. Art is only one expression of that culture. Mm -hmm. The politics is another expression of that culture culture. And as uh, 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 Cabral would go on to say, uh, America Cabral would go on to say is that an oppressed people, he would come to help us to understand that the highest form of, of expression of culture is not just the painting when you're an oppressed people, but your, uh, but your, uh, your liberation. Your national liberation was the highest form of, of cultural expression of an oppro- oppressed people fighting to return to your uh, your your dignity 
and the control of your natural your resources was the highest form of that. But he understood that, you know, as all of you understood, that we're motivated by art. We're motivated by the, uh, the expressions of entertainment and uh, things that uh, give us uh, emotional strength and mm-hmm. emotional mm-hmm. Uh, 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 inspiration. So cer- certainly when the folks were in the South, uh, and and they were marching, and the singers were uh, uh, singing and and giving them motivation, making them forget that they were facing dogs and 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 guns, making them be able to set aside their fears and do something. We you know, and when Martin Luther King was uh, getting inspired by gospel singers, mm-hmm. uh, it was you know it's it is a part of this, and it, for us not to understand that uh, we are also motivated by emotions. It, 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 you know, logic is, 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 is important. We have to understand the logic. The better we understand logic, the better we'll be able to understand our emotional intelligence. But emotion and inspiration is a part of, 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 uh, of, of, of movement building, is a part of organizing, is a part of who we are as human beings. If we don't understand what has impact on human beings as political organizers, we are we're we're going to be lost and ignorant of how to move people. Mm. I think that's a really good point. And I mean, speaking of impact, I do want to. I would like for you to speak on the impact of poets and poetry during the Black Arts Movement. Um, you've definitely mentioned several poets, Mary Baraka, Lucille Clifton, but I think that there was a a time or moment during the Black Arts Movement when poetry and the work of poets was almost inextricable from that of the Black Power Movement as well. Um, people like Audre Lorde, who, no. who protested and rallied to get, you know, Mary Baraka out of jail and these different things. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, I mean, the poets were, you know, you, know, you can talk about the, uh, I didn't really mention, uh, like uh, you know, the Gwendolyn, Glen, the again in the Midwest, you had Gwendolyn Brooks, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and her impact on uh, 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 Donnell Lee or Mahat. Uh, dang, I, I can't remember his African name right this second. Uh, 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 um, uh, dang, I'm gonna kick myself in the morning. But uh, <laughs> but uh, the whole school of, of poets that came out of the Midwest uh, that. Uh, that uh, started the uh, the the Institute of Positive Education. Uh, that uh, uh, Donna uh, ha- Hakima Abuti uh, and his his impact as a poet. I I talked about Intazaki Sange her 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 poets. Yeah, I, I talked uh, I I talked about uh, you know and and when we think about the the uh, those uh, 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 I want to think of the the sister out of New York, who wrote a lot about. Uh, I can't think of her name. Uh, sorry, uh, can't think of her name right now. Uh, but uh, you know, the poet, the poet, poetry was certainly a weapon, in 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 many cases, because it's it's it was shorthand. And as I said, some people, you know, we, we all learn differently. You know, some of us uh, learn, uh, you know, from uh, by sight. 
Some of us learn by uh, sound. Some of us learn by movement. So these, uh, the po- poetry is, is kind of a shorthand. It uh, allows us to learn uh, uh, to combine a lot of different kinds of ideas, almost like a, I guess, like it's, it's almost like understanding the, the, uh, the theory of uh, relativity. Mm-hmm. You, have, you can be talking about two or three different things in a couple different lines. You can be talking about your love for your people, the love for an individual, and you can intersperse those, those ideas in one single line. You can you can uh, write a poem and, s- and construct a poem in such a way that it it's multidimensional. It impacts us on several different levels. It makes us understand that that things are happening uh, simultaneous si- simultaneously. You know that the things are happening on more than one plane. That you you can uh, that you can uh, experience. Uh, Different aspects of a of an of event, and a lot of things can be going on. And in that it, it, that metaphorically, you can describe something that that it might take a thousand words uh, in a in a, in a prose writing and in, in a straight write in a even. In, so I think that the 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 poets were uh, really inspiring people. To, to do things that they w- couldn't uh, wouldn't do before mm, definitely and so I want to end it with kind of comparing the black arts movement to today but before we do that I want to touch back on something from the very beginning of the interview you mentioned the Harlem Renaissance mm-hmm. now to me there's very stark differences between the Harlem Renaissance which in many ways was a black arts movement of its time and the black arts movements movement that we're speaking of today. Um, can you just compare and contrast those a little bit and kind of give your thoughts? Well, I think that, uh, you know, again, I think uh, I have there, there, I have mixed emotions about the Harlem Renaissance. And the Harlem Renaissance, for some, was described, and even I think at some point, even I think if I'm not mistaken, Du Bois described the Harlem Renaissance and others described the Harlem Renaissance as being uh, controlled uh, by white patrons and so on and so on, and that it didn't. But if you look at some of the things that came out of the Harlem Renaissance, we can't, again, say that they didn't motivate us. You can't say that the writings of a Langston Hughes didn't motivate us. You can't, s- and, and if we read the, some of the things that were are less known by Langston Hughes, uh, his writings in uh, Left magazines and, mm-hmm, his, mm-hmm. Uh, and his protest writing and his, uh, yep. uh, and his, his letters and his, uh, like he wrote a piece called Cowards uh, on the Campus, and, it, it, and I don't know if that's the exact title, but that's what it amounts to, where he talks about how uh, that uh, on, on historically black colleges and, and universities, how the administrations and the uh, how they uh, uh, turn the, the treated the uh, students like youth. They didn't allow. They tried to keep them away from political activity. They tried to stop them from uh, protesting and organizing and thinking about political. Uh, ideology. So he wrote. Uh, he was very uh, instructive. And when we think about the the uh, uh, what is it uh, the writings of, of uh, 
culty colon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you think about the lines like uh, you know I would you know I, you know the whole question of um, not wanting to die like a, a you know a, a beast he wanted you know rather to, to to live with some dignity you know these poems and the lines from these poems were inspiring to us certainly I don't think that um, we uh, many times I don't think uh, it is 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 clear as the uh, that the that there were left forces mm-hmm. involved even in the Harlem Renaissance, well, and as I mean, well and as, as well as the uh, inspiration of uh, uh, Marcus Garvey. But I will say that uh, m- uh, that m- the Black Arts Movement uh, and the Black Power Movement uh, also was a uh, is is probably different in my mind anyway is that uh, a lot of it was self-driven, and it was self-determinated. And, uh, Inside even the black arts movement, it was self-driven? When I say self, yeah. I think it was self-determinated and self-driven. And it was, uh, it, it was the, the whole question of, of black power was also about you know, us being self-determinate. It was, it was happening in a period in which that that was very much Im- important in the way that we were defining ourselves, and in terms of of, of the uh, and ideologically even in terms of the left, you know the whole question of an African left, a left that uh, was uh, using the tools of uh, dialectical and historical materialism, and ex- and like everybody, but using them to describe for themselves their own. Uh, oppression and nobody else defining what that oppression was and I think that's people defining their own depress- uh, oppression uh, is, is, is critical I mean even when I when I was in the in, when I was reflecting when I talked about in the black arts movement that's one th- thing that uh, I was driven to do is to look at those influences on, uh, uh, at that period of the Harlem Renaissance and, and the time in between I looked at uh, Richard Wright and, and Langston Hughes and others who had been in uh, left organizations at the time and why they left those left organizations or never got deeper into those left organizations at the time. And part of it was because nationalism, the concept of nationalism, was uh, was was uh, considered uh, counter-revolutionary at the point in time. So uh, many of them were felt shackled and they felt like many times they were not allowed intellectually uh, to uh, inside of certain left organizations mm-hmm. to uh, express this nationalism, express their own uh, understanding uh, of, of s- and many times they felt that uh, African people in, in, in left organizations a lot of times were uh, functionaries and not uh, seen as full uh, uh, intellectual equals and that and that's what turned them off. I think in the Black Arts Movement, again, this intellectual—it uh, uh, was self-driven, you know. Not that, uh, but certainly the same tools, the same contradictions exist. Imperialism exists, uh, capitalism exists. Those things that were oppressing us did. We had to address those, and so uh, and so certainly, uh, I think that for me, the uh, question of, of of self-determination was much stronger. In the Black Arts Movement than it was in in the uh, 
in the Harlem Renaissance. And I think that to the degree that uh, uh, the self-determinant movement of the time, uh, when we talk about uh, uh, the UNIA, uh, African Community League, the uh, movement of, uh, of uh, Marcus Garvey was put at bay. It wasn't really in, they weren't really linked together mm-hmm. as much as something like the Black Power Movement and the uh, Black Arts Movement. So the, the, there was a separation. The, the self-determinant movement mm-hmm. of, of that period seemed to be uh, uh, just a, an influence, but not, a dry, well, not, not, not integrated. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, and I mean, I, th- I feel very similarly. You know, I, I'm going to... I'm going to uh, refrain from inputting my own opinion. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm going to tell you, it, nothing's wrong with, uh, in an interview, I, 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 I like conversation. Conversation yeah, yeah. is okay. Well, it's supposed to be you talking, not me. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, no. I, I definitely think, you know, like you said, there were definitely some hidden, not even hidden, but I guess less talked about left influences in the Harlem Renaissance. For example, Langston Hughes, Traveled to the USSR, wrote exactly. poems for Lenin, you right, know, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, that kind of thing. Said we should put an extra S on, after the US, right? Um, and there was a lot of good that came out of it. You had the the WPA, the Working People's Art um, Associations, and all across Harlem community art centers that popped up. But I think it was also extremely classist and assimilationist, uh, mm-hmm. colorist, you know, James Van Der Zee, the popular photographer of the time, only photographed light and white people. <laughs> right. So uh, you know, I yeah. think I think you it, you could you gave a very balanced kind of critique and praise of it definitely. Um, so I guess I really want to end on today because we've t- we've spoken a lot about the influences of of the Black Arts Movement. Many people coinciding with this kind of rise in the what they call woke, you know, woke hip hop and R and B type music that's that's taking over mainstream media, are really feeling like we're in our own version of or a new version of the Black Arts Movement. Mm-hmm. We had Beyonce and and Kendrick who performed, you know, mm-hmm. did, what's the name of that song? <laughs> Freedom <laughs> on right, 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 at the BET Awards right, doing right. these very Oh. Afrocentric. They weren't African, but Afrocentric. You know, dance styles, and so we and we see this stuff popping up everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that we're in the midst of a new Black Arts Movement, or at the what what might be the birth of one coming soon, or have we missed the mark? Well, that, that's <laughs> <a> <laughs> quite open-ended <laughs> question. Yeah, that, that's pretty open-ended, but certainly, uh, you know, I guess you know. For me, uh, the uh, again, we have to look at what are the ideological trends within any movement. Uh, I think that there is, of course, and, and will always be a resurgence of nationalism because cultural expression in general is a, and culture in general is, and not, I, I said cultural expression in general, and I should say culture in absolute terms is a uh, defense against domination. It's hard, uh, your, your uh, resistance, culture itself, even when it's reactionary, resists its total domination. Mm. 
so even when one is has to put on a a, a, a the garments of uh, the oppressor, they always try to do something a little different mm. to 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 keep their own dignity alive. Almost as if culture is self-sustaining. Yeah, exactly. So culture, you know, even when it is not conscious of itself, resists total uh, domination. Uh, the cultural expression, again, and in culture, there are different ide- ideologies. We've talked about that already. I think that in terms of uh, uh, the question of, of some of the expressions are response to what's going on. Obviously, some of them response to, to what's going on, but I think that there are different layers and 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 of of that. So I, I when I see a Beyonce uh, or responding, I think she's responding because she understands to not be irrelevant. Mm. She has to address what's before her face. Right. It's like uh, what happened during that 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 black arts uh, period when. James Brown makes a uh, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. Many people will think today uh, without having the uh, the knowledge that he was pushed to make that uh, that album and was not even wanting to make it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Wasn't wasn't a super nationalist kind of guy. And certainly to the degree that he was a nationalist, he was mostly certainly driven by capitalism. He was he uh, uh, supported black capitalism. I think that the question for me today is that you know is you know that a lot of this is certainly a uh, response to movement, and I think that what we can't uh, ever forget is that. Uh, the the movements the consciousness of the masses will always push art art expressions are not uh, are come from somewhere they come from the culture of the people I don't think that we have uh, that there is uh, I think that there are a handful of revolutionary artists out there uh, and uh, I think some of them are organizing but I don't think they have as big as microphone or mm. bigger stage or platform. platform as uh you know when we think about the immortal Im- technique uh, or folks who actually are examining uh capitalism or you think about the uh our uh now what's the brother from mexico uh boca floa uh, uh, Bo- uh you know there there is that culture and there'll always be that revolutionary right, culture right. because there are organizations and and things uh people who are helping to produce that but i don't think that that is the they they are dominant and their platform is as much smaller than uh but there is a movement out there there's a move, movement against police brutality and mm-hmm. it's driving all art and entertainment and like i said if you say nothing about it today no matter where you are within the uh, arts and entertainment field, you'll be irrelevant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People will say, uh, you know, here we are suffering and, and, and fighting and, and you're want to, you know, you want to, it's, it's like it would be the equivalent for people today because the consciousness level is, is higher, of course. Mm. It would be the equivalent of putting on, uh, 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 shuffling across the stage or putting on a blackface if you, right. uh, if you don't at least acknowledge that there's a, 
a a serious movement and uh, against the uh, the perceived I mean the not perceived but the oppressions of the day. So I think that we have to though challenge and also struggle to bring clarity to which you know uh, beyond uh, the artists just. Uh, Making uh, as as Sekulturist said, uh, basically that you know, uh, making a revolutionary song does not make you a revolutionary. Right. So, based on your experiences, do you think that the the both the motivation and the the force that we as listeners and fans put onto these artists has shifted? Because you know, there's been people like Nina Simone who have said the role of the artist is to reflect the times. And and today, you know, a large population of people praise Beyonce for having Malcolm X quoted on her album while simultaneously referring to herself as, you know, the black Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. Or And w- we keep on using Beyonce's example just because she's very relevant, right. not that we're singling right. out And, and she has a very big mic. Right, and I don't want the beehive to <laughs> come and attack me. For no, 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 she, they, they, no, um, no, 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 again. It's so, a, it's so do you think that the both the motivation and how we see the role of the artist um, has shifted? Uh, yeah, I, I, well, I, I, no, I think that, I don't know if, I, I, yeah, I think that, again, What's the dominant ideology? You know, uh, the dominant I- ideology is is, is capitalism. Uh, the th- we are just started. You know, this generation is again beginning to talk about socialism again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the questions and and uh, people are starting to respond respond beyond that. But uh, beyond that, and I mean, like people who you know, there were every you no know, everybody didn't clap. Uh, just because uh, uh, that uh, Oprah Winfrey uh, decides she wants to uh, run for president, right? Some right. some people gave uh, a critique, uh, and I think that uh, that critique is is also out there. But again, the bigger microphone is always going to be seen, and the bigger microphone, I mean, all, all, always going to be heard more because it has a bigger audience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, certainly. Uh, uh, Give me the, the uh, uh, I got to remember the question one more time. <laughs> like, I guess what I'm asking you in different terms is where the, where the artist of your time that you, that you experienced and that you knew during the black arts movement, were they as concerned with, with amassing capital as some kind of liberatory means as the artists today are? I, I, th- I think that certainly, again, uh, there were that, that sector. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, in fact, you know, the, the and and when we look at the Black Power movement, you know, the term Black Power is a slogan. Yes, it's not an ideology. Yes. You know, the 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 idea that Black Power, and so you had a left and right tendency within that context. You had uh, on one hand, you had people again like James Brown who went on to talk about Black capitalism and to be part of Nixon's. Uh, a <laughs> uh, uh, movement to uh, uh, to drown out uh, uh, the the voices that were left mm-hmm. and were pushing uh, again to, uh, for uh, national liberation and 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 uh, on the continent and all around the world. Those were deeply in, involved in it. I think that those tendencies are here today. I don't think that there uh, those tendencies are are are. Uh, Again, I don't think that they are uh, exclusive to any period, point and period of time. 
uh, I think that the you know, one of the things that unites a, uh, uh, an oppressed people uh, who are who are oppressed by their national their national identity, it will push us together sometimes and mer- and make us uh, because we're all struggling against that national oppression, and some of us will be left and run uh, left going toward. Uh, want want a, a different world altogether, and want power, and want to change the the uh, scenario. And others are, are running after uh, the ducats, the mm. capital, and and certainly capitalism has influenced uh, uh, this generation in 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 uh, in in more uh, in more clear ways in in terms of uh, you know mass consumption things at your fingertip the whole nine in the yards on, on on one level but again this generation is again talking about uh, socialism and and uh which was again is something that was talked about in the 60s and uh during the black arts movement and certainly uh governments and nations around the world were but you know there is in the world right now neoliberalism mm-hmm. it has uh uh, influenced even some of the uh, the camps that we had back there that fell in you know between the '60s and now we yeah. we know that we lost a uh, we lost the, uh, the Soviet Union as as a as a, uh, a a big pusher of socialism and communism at the time to a certain degree we don't hear the voice from China to talking about China. Uh, Socialism, uh, communism, both of them. Both so of which, uh, both of which used to support and and be a huge influence on Black America and the Black left, especially. Uh, for sure. Well, well, the, it, you know, we we have to realize that uh, the, you know there are material and inter immaterial influences. Certainly, being able to have uh, meetings and places uh, on on and and having sponsors and having people be able to have more youth conferences. And those kinds of things, certainly those things are, and, and that has hurt. That is a, a real material reality of today in the context of, uh, of organizing. And, you know, where are the bases? Where are the, you know, certainly Cuba still exists. Mm-hmm. And to a certain degree, North Korea uh, still exists. Uh, there is, uh, you know, uh, Venice. Then there are new uh, territories that are, are developing, you mm-hmm. know. We, we see a left movement with, with since the uh, 80s we've seen uh, a left movement in this hemisphere you know uh, and, and, and that are certainly uh, being beat back <laughs> to a certain <laughs> degree but uh, yeah, we know yeah. that uh, you know we got struggles in Venezuela struggles in in, uh, in uh, Bolivia and in, in the uh, in the region in terms of the uh, uptick of uh, of uh, Alba countries and CELAC mm. so there is uh, new realities, and you know, as as uh, you know, uh, the science tells us that all voids, all vacuums, will be filled with something. So <laughs> I think that you know we have to acknowledge the contradictions and the losses, but we have to also look at the the, the gains, mm. and 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 uh, to a certain degree, uh, for you know, I know one of the things that uh, Kwame Ture uh, pointed out. And uh, when the Soviet Union fell apart, and one of the things he he did point out is that for us it also means that we have to turn within, mm-hmm. and that we're going. And it also the the contra- some of the contradictions we talked about before in terms of uh, 
anti-nationalism and and and, and some of the uh, maybe sometimes even undue influence that uh, the uh, these these states and institutions have had on Africans uh, ha- uh, can uh, be overcome. You know, we know that at different points, even in the back in the 1940s, in 1945, uh, the whole struggle between uh, George Padmore and the uh, Communist Party, uh, Soviet Union, or Russia at that time, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, are, are soon to be the Soviet Union, or are developing into the Soviet Union anyway. But in, in 1945, he had to, he had to come uh, publicly against uh, the idea that when the alliance was made, uh, the anti-fascist alliance was made between the the uh, left and right, the right being the United States and and the countries of uh, Western Europe and the Eastern Eastern countries, the uh, socialist bloc to go against uh, fascism in the world, that the the, uh, slogan that was adapted was this was a fight for democracy. Of course, uh, no mention was made that all of these were colonial, the majority of those on the right were colonial powers Mm -hmm. who Mm -hmm. didn't advocate in this struggle democracy and then decolonization of the African continent or any other part of the the world. It was a a very hypocritical slogan. slogan. So uh, it was George Padmore who challenged this, who was kicked out of uh, of the the, uh, Communist Party and in the Soviet Union uh, and uh, and, and embraced Pan-Africanism. And the dis- and a, a and and advocated the total liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism, which meant that uh, again this was not embraced by uh, all of the other left forces on the world. But it was necessary for Africa to have its own self determination. And again, you know, so I think that uh, we uh, have to, li- you know, as 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 uh, as as uh, scientists, we had to look at for uh, both the the uh, positive and negatives and everything. We have to acknowledge that that we have been we were weakened by the uh, uh, loss of a lot of uh, very at one point stalwart socialist communist uh, uh, ideological uh, spaces like China and and Russia and Soviet Union. I mean. At the time, uh, but we have to. We can. It also uh, means that uh, that we have an opportunity, and, and uh, uh, to reshape what this struggle for socialism and communism is is, and how that we, you know, some of the mistakes have been this notion that the only uh, motivating force in life is material things. Because it's our understanding that the importance of the immaterial, the principle, the why we do anything is is uh, is is what we really have to mm-hmm. that really really keeps us on on tr- on track, keeps us uh, clear, cle- keeps us conscious, keeps us motivating. Certainly, we all have to have something to eat, mm-hmm. but we have to also uh, if we uh, if we are driven by our ideals and our principles. Then we also uh, are able to see that uh, we don't have to have it all to eat, mm-hmm. we, we, and that we are responsible for uh, 
others in the world, you know, and that we can uh, have a, a, a society that, that uh, we use technology and we use and, and, and uh, we don't have to con- just consume. We can use technology to uh, uh, better the lives of people. So I think mm-hmm. that for me, yeah, you know, and that get, takes us almost full circle. It yep. goes back to, you know, what we talked about, the uh, immaterial things. The, it, and, you know, some people talk about it in terms of, you know, their spiritual motivation. But we talk about art and expression as something that can help us to, uh, to be motivated. Uh, this an immaterial aspect of, of, of life. It's a, something you can't just uh, explain why it, uh, it moves you and why mm-hmm. it uh, takes you to a certain uh, level of, of inspiration. And I think that uh, for us, our ideas expressed through art, expressed through any means, are, part of, uh, are more important in some ways than even uh, the uh, material uh, uh, expressions or the material uh, pursuits. Mm. And, and I think that this is where, this is the struggle that we're really going to have in this generation because we're not only in this context, we're in a, in a, in a which we never talked about in the 60s, a consciousness we, well, I should say, we only talked about it slightly, a consciousness that the planet may not be able to sustain and certainly cannot really uh, sustain the consumer driven mm-hmm. on a planet level i mean i remember uh, uh fidel castro once saying what if all billion people in china had cars mm-hmm. i mean that w- you know the air the, the air in china would cease to exist yeah. i mean and, and when we talk about billion people in India. We talk about seven billion people on the planet. If all of them actually were uh, uh, using up uh, or contributed to the carbon uh, footprint the way that it is done in, in, in the U.S. and other places, the planet would already be. Uh, so our question of understanding um, this, this notion of consumerism mm-hmm. versus uh, producing and s- sustainable development is something that this generation is faced with and is talking about a, mi- a lot more. Maybe not in all the same uh, uh, fields of, uh, of discourse, whether it's, but it's, it, it's all driven by where we are now. So I don't think it's, so for me, I never think about returning to any generation and trying to bring it mm-hmm. back because that's impossible. Right. It's not even practical. What you face, what this generation faces, is is different from what our generation faces faced, and uh, you know. So I, I definitely think that uh, again, uh, there are more artists who actually are expressing probably in, uh, in this generation, because some of us in the NASA's community were saying like, "Well, we got to, we don't have time to worry about <laughs> the, the air. Right. We, we we don't have no job, <laughs> no no nowhere to live. Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking about all the oppressions that we we were like laughing mm-hmm. at uh, uh, other uh, at environmentalists, uh, environmentalists, green activists. They were the they, the they, 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 we weren't uh, in that. But now every uh, every conscious person, every conscious movement has to look at these contradictions. Well, and that might be the future of the Black Hearts movement itself is 
more and more artists turning towards environmental issues as well as a return to internationalism, hopefully. Yeah, and you know, I wouldn't even call it, for me, see, I've grown, I don't call it the black arts movement anymore. <laughs> I call it the pan-African movement, uh, and, uh, <laughs> pan-African arts movement, you yeah. know, as, as we uh, African people on the planet have a, a particular role to play. You know, mm-hmm. we're, you know we're, we're a billion in Africa and probably almost a billion outside of Africa uh, in terms of our struggle and our humanity and the uh, sustainability of the planet, since we are already uh, in a place where we are getting less and le- uh, are already getting less of what the planet has than anybody else, mm-hmm. our struggle is critical. Our sustainability. We we talked about this whole question of Africa is more uh, uh, gives gives up less. Then pro- I don't know. I can't. I, don't, I, I didn't bring the percentages into it, but uh, we pollute in the world a lot less than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yet our our planet, our I mean our continent, is being uh, influenced more about uh, by global warming than any other place in mm-hmm. terms of uh, of the heat and stuff. So Africa and African people have a particular role in in that. We, we talk about this whole uh, struggle in that context. Mm. Well. I think that that was a I've great. I've said enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a, deg- a great discussion. I love the direction that it went. Any closing remarks? Anything that you feel like you might have forgot on the Black Arts Movement and beyond? No, no. I think I think that uh, the first thing that uh, we all have to remember is that nothing is done without a why. Mm-hmm. So, so that even when artists are not conscious of of why they they're doing something. There is politics, even the politics, uh, even politics, uh, either you, if you're conscious, those politics, you may not be conscious of them, but those politics are there. You you may not think that the the dominant ideology is influencing your your art, but the dominant ideology will influence art. Mm -hmm. Either you do art against it or you'll do art for it. Well, I want to thank you for being on the podcast one more time. All right. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I I think it's a brilliant thing you're doing. Thank you. And we want to see it go forward. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Done. Woo.